podcast is brought to you by BTRU. Buy, trade, and invest in over a thousand cryptocurrencies. BTRU is your one-stop trading platform. BTRU uses blockchain and new technologies to give you fair access to financial services. These include copy trading, spot trading, futures, leverage ETFs, and buying and selling of crypto. You also can earn and vote on this platform as well. For more information, you can go to BTRU.com. That's B-I-T-R-U.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Crypto Current. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a very special one for you. We have a special guest all the way out in the UK uh, working on a really cool exchange, but also we're going to recap a lot of things that have happened in this year and things you should be looking forward to in 2023. We have Robert Corley Gennaro, who is the CSO at um, BitTrue. How are you doing today? Hey, it's good, good to uh, have you on. I'm well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, well, glad to hear you're doing well. We got plenty to unpack today. Uh, but first, I want to start with just a little bit of background on yourself. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I've come from a financial services background and consulting background. Uh, I worked in banking for a period of time and then in alternative investments, so hedge funds, private equity, um, in that world, in that space. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's really me, to be honest. That's the last sort of 10, 10 nearly 15 years of my life. So using all that experience, you eventually start working over at a BTRUE Singaporean exchange. Uh, but can you just tell us a little bit about uh, the exchange and, and what y'all are currently working on? Yeah, so BTRUE is a Singaporean-based cryptocurrency exchange. It's been going since 2018. It's got a strong team of dedicated people involved in it. It's about 100, 150 of us uh, in, in total. Um, and it's, you know, it has a as an exchange, it's got a, a thousand cryptocurrencies available, a thousand pair options. It's quite a conservative exchange, which has you know put it in good stead uh, this year. Um, but you know, very well run, and you know, it's had its issues and growing up pains. But fortunately, you know, years ago, so I think that's you know, it's put it in good in a good place for today and where it finds itself now. Um, and the work that I do with BTRUE is really looking at. How we better engage externally, uh, how we improve what we do as an exchange, and then ultimately, you know, how how uh, how the exchange diversifies, changes, and grows going forward. So that's that's the remit that I sort of have with that. Well, thanks for explaining that. And what you're doing is very critical, especially in a year like 2023, after coming off a year like 2021. So, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that were faced this year? I think there's been a number, right? And I think the one of the clearest ones for me, looking at it from an sort of an exchange point of view, and let's you know, let's start with the worst possible moment, which is the FTX collapse, is that um, you know, and that FTX moment of thinking, well, you know, this isn't good, and the pain that's been felt across the year, and you know, there's been a number of significant um, collapses of funds and then of exchanges too. Um, but I think in some level, you have to look at those individually and not just as a market, um, from a market sense. And I think, you know, with FTX, clearly it's a fraud, right? It's a, it's a fraud um, with uh, with three-hour capital, you know, become over-leveraged, 
the bets had gone against it. It had gone long, and the market had gone short, and so it had been it had been crunched. And then um, you know, Gemini and, and DeFi had been affected by the fact that they were trying to borrow money from FTX, and you know, obviously that money was no longer available and wasn't there to be given out in the first place. So I think you know, I, I, one thing I would like to say is it's important that. You know, the exchanges that have continued and, and do continue now is that the role is to provide access to a market, you know, to provide a market as a place and a means of exchange, not be the market betting against proprietary trading, over leveraged, over lending. So I think it's, that, that distinction is really important and not to sugarcoat it. But the point of an exchange is to provide access, provide good custody of assets um, and good liquidity, so a good number of investors and users using um, the platform that you have, uh, that enables you to uh, be somewhere that people want to come and trade and trust, right? And trust is yeah, trust has been broken. So, you know, you're now on a journey of rebuilding trust. So, I think that that those are some of the key ones. I think being better custodians of assets is clearly very important. Um, it's important to remember that this is a fairly young industry. It's not that old. Uh, I can go into more detail on that and I'll, you know, talk about that in more in more detail. And then also, I guess there's a there's clearly been a you have to recognize and appreciate that you know, despite what people thought about crypto not being tied to the real economy, clearly it is. Yeah, clearly there is a sense of both macro and micro movement affecting the world of crypto, whether it's disposable income for buying risk assets, whether it's interest rates offering better returns, and then people having that flight to safety. And you know, that's that's um, you know, that's also been something that's affected equity markets too, not just crypto markets. So I, I think that's important to say too. I think so. And I think you covered a lot of good bases, especially as it relates to exchanges. You are there to provide markets, not to be them. And I think, unfortunately, uh, like you said, FTX, unfortunately, was a fraud. And as you look to some other exchanges that are now out there, there has been a call to more accountability, to more transparency, and to make sure that uh, it can't happen again. And if there is some fraudulent behavior, that it can be snipped out pretty quickly and, and can get in front of. Because as you said, trust has been lost uh, across uh, not just the industry, but Outside industries coming to to look in, so we have to be rebuilding. But as as bad as some things have gone, I think there's been a lot of positives. So the, I think there's been both pros and cons to the year. You know, what do you think are some of the biggest pros and cons that people can take away from 2022? So I think you know, not 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 um, scooting over or avoiding the losses that people have felt. I think it's also that case of. Um, you know, this is a mature. You know, this is an opportunity to mature, right, and to become more grown up. Um, to look at what, how this industry works, and and the areas that it doesn't work, and improve on them. And you know, just picking one area for a moment. Let's let's just pick on on wallets, on crypto wallets. Um, you know, there are two elements to a wallet. There's what you've got in fiat that you're holding that you could you could invest, and there's your actual holdings of what you have invested. I think you know one part of that should be um, safe and secure. So the money that you hold in fiat, that that should be safe because it's external to the exchange. It has a monetary value beyond the exchange itself. And then the assets that you're actually trading, the, the you know the actual crypto that you're invested in, 
you know, that is a risk asset. So if you were holding the same inequities, then I think that's you know, that's a really important point is you know, making that distinction. I think coming back to your original point of how is that a positive is, well, exchanges have realized that there needs to be that maturity around holding assets. So otherwise people won't trust you. So, you know, insecurity has to improve. Systems have to improve. Um, policies have to improve and people need to be more mindful of what they lend out so i think that's you know that is a good thing when you mature that's a good thing um beyond that you know this is still a growing industry you've got 300 million crypto investors globally but you've got 5 billion people on the web so you know the market penetration is still relatively small right i think that's so that's that's important to make that and i think the last one is you know People told, you know, some commentators have said it's over for crypto, it's not going to work, it's all finished, you know, it'll all go to zero. But if you look at what's actually happened on a practical sense, you've seen people move their crypto into cold wallets rather than on exchanges, which makes sense because there's a fear around what might happen to other exchanges. And, you, you know, in one week we saw 30 exchanges disappear. Um so that makes sense. And then you've also seen a flight towards stable coins. So people aren't necessarily leaving crypto. They're, they interact with it until they feel it's a good time to start trading again. Right. So I think that's, that's you know, people haven't said this is over. They're saying, mm, I need to take stock of what I've got. I need to secure it in a way that I feel confident and safe. And then in the second to that is mm, I don't want to necessarily be in some of the coins that people haven't heard of, but I do want to be in more recognized stable points. I think that's that. As a last point, you know, because we've seen people leave the market, exchanges in particular, is that there are fewer exchanges around. And to, to be clear, there are 260 recognized exchanges globally. So that's a lot. That's an awful lot. Yeah. So that consolidation, if we, see, if we continue to see more consolidation, what we'll really see is liquidity improve, right? Because there'll be fewer exchanges with more people trading on them. I think that is a positive thing um, for investors to, 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 be, to, to be aware of and to be mindful of. Um, and I think that, you know, the last thing I would say is beyond it is that the people that really want this industry to grow and succeed recognize that for it to do so, it really has to speed up how it becomes more integrated into the digital economy. Because if not, it's just an idea, right? And so it has to speed up in the same way that you know, people like Tesla you know, it's, yes, it's producing cars, but not that it hasn't met the demand yet. So you're betting on the future of where that company will be or where that coin will be. So, you, you know, that's, so I think it's important to make those distinctions. I think those are all really good points. And one that I want to kind of hammer home is the whole concept of, of crypto in its first place was to give power back to the people so that you could... It, it, take care of your own cryptos, have the power be back in your hands and have more freedom and luxury to do what you want with your assets. And I think a lot of people who got into crypto, unfortunately, forgot that and got a really uh, felt safe with trusting some of these uh, different entities who unfortunately weren't necessarily doing the right things. And you brought the point of like cold storage and there's been a mass shift to cold storage, which as a con is that unfortunately some exchanges have failed some um, places where you could go and put in your money and hopefully be getting APY back where now, unfortunately now you can't get any of it back for the 
10 to 20% that you were earning on it because it was, you know, on this exchange, it, it really taught people how to protect themselves, how to really uh, make sure that they had their assets under their control. And I think that is a pro out of a con of the whole challenge that has happened this year. And I think as people get more secure, as, as more of these exchanges are doing things and putting things in places to keep their different people and customers who are using them more safe and secure, that is going to do nothing but help the future people that are coming into this industry. And so I think that's going to continue to propel uh, the future of the industry forward. But to, to kind of draw this in a different direction, I, the, the crypto industry has been working on a lot this year. It's been greatly overshadowed by a lot of the negatives. How do you, what are some of the biggest developments that you think happened this year and how will that carry over into 2023? So, I mean, if you look at a geopolitical issue, is that the cost of energy has been really expensive this year, right? We all know that, you know, it's in our bills, it's in our cost of oil and gas. So there's obviously been an effect there on, on mining. It's been expensive. Um, I think you know, in another sense, even when market reverberations were happening, you were still seeing, you know, a fairly strong number of initial coin offerings. And I think, you know, Whilst that, in some sense, should be celebrated, on the other side, you know, you, what you're losing is a sense of rarity and scarcity, which affects the price discovery. So, you know, people always think about Bitcoin, thinking, well, there's only so many Bitcoin, and that's what makes it rare, and that's what makes it valuable. You think, well, that's you know, that's fair enough. If that's if that's someone's view, so I think you know, when when it comes to exchanges, I think you have to look at some of those coins or some of those projects, depending on how you view them. I think, well, hold on, this has been around for three years or five years or 10 years. It's not really done anything. It's not going anywhere. Um, so why is that? You know, is it time for us to delist it? You know, is it time for us to say, no, it is a good project, but we, what we really need to understand is where it's going. And you know, a personal view that I have is I think we'll see far more stable coins come into the market next year that are fiat-backed or commodity-backed, um, you know, I, mean, I don't want to get into the intricacies of which will be valuable, which won't be, but I think we'll see more of them um, because people say, I understand the underlying asset here, or I understand what this project is trying to achieve or where it could integrate uh, maybe in, in a particular sector, you know, or where the use case is, is there. So I think that's one of the, the developments you, 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 you will see um, as we move into the you know, to, to next year. I mean, clearly, rebuilding trust is, 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 a, is a fundamental element across not just exchanges, but actually coins too. I think you know a lot of coins can be projects that you don't necessarily know who's who's or who's behind it, and that needs to change. You know, clearly, there's transparency needed on that level too. Um, so I think that that is one area that coins themselves can 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 improve and change on. Um, we've got fewer exchanges. I would, I would think. You know, I don't hope, I don't wish it on anyone, but I think you will see fewer exchanges next year. That you know, some of those exchanges that have got really small followings, um, you know, they, they just won't have the critical mass to to keep going. Um, so you you know, you need that trading volume. I mean, to for example, B True is is twelfth in, um, in in rankings for derivatives and futures trading. So I mean, it's you know, we're we're a modestly sized um, exchange, but in some areas like Ripple, we're the third biggest Ripple um, trader by volume. So, you know, 
depending on what, what metric we use, we can be something that people use a lot or something that people don't use that much. So uh, you think that that comes into, into play too. I think, you know, obviously investors are bruised. So there's, a, there's an opportunity, you know, there's an opportunity and a need to take stock. But if I may, which is one thing I would like to say is that, you know, the pain that's been felt in crypto this year isn't just a crypto issue. If you look in the broader macro economy, I mean, Tesla, for example, this year is down 72% year to date. Yep. That's massive. You think, well, that's that's huge. You know, that's that was the world's second or third, third, third largest company by market cap after Saudi Aramco, which has had a brilliant year because of oil. Um, and then um and then Apple. So I think, you know, that that's that's important to use as just one metric. You've seen $35 trillion. Uh, wiped off of equity markets globally, right? And that doesn't include private equity markets, credit, private credit markets, and real estate markets being marked appropriately for where markets are today. So if you include all of those, it's been a really poor year for assets across the board, with the exception of commodities, right? Who've had a stonking year in the main. So, you know, if you read the newspapers, if you read Bloomberg's and the FTs of this world, and you know, I, I read those and I enjoy reading them, you would think, oh, it's just all a crypto problem. That's not the case. You know, this is a broader no. issue. Clearly, the disposable income that people have clearly has an impact, an impact on how much crypto demand there, there is. Um, I think if you look at the longevity of something, so you know, I, I want to tr- trade with you today um, some. You know, facts, right? It's important to be factual. So, I mean, Bitcoin is up 5,000, sorry, 6,300% since 2015. But it's down 61% this year. You know, Solana is up nearly 700% since 2020, but it's down 84% this year. Ethereum is up nearly 10,000% since 2016, but it's down 64% this year. And then if you, you think, oh, okay, well, those are big moves. Alphabet, Google, which we all know and we've all used, is up 3,000% since 2004, but it's down 41% this year. Netflix, 22,000% up since 2002, but down 54% this year. So please, you know, not you, but I don't think anyone can say this is just a crypto issue. It's not. Assets have fallen across the board, with the exception of bonds and commodities. So right. those are some of the big takeaways I would I, I would say are important to know. Those are really good points and something to reemphasize. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up as actually a direction I was going to go next because you brought it up that there's economic indicators and things that are happening that are also affecting crypto. Obviously, a lot of what happened to crypto was self-induced black swan crypto specific events, but it doesn't mean that the regular markets also don't impact uh, what's going on in the crypto markets as well. And it's been a tough year all across the board in 2022, for both crypto and, and the world economics. So as we look ahead, right, what do you think are big, listen, uh, big lessons that people in crypto can learn from this so that they can take it with them into 2023 and into the future and to make sure that you don't just keep making the same mistakes. Cause unfortunately like a year ago, you know, before we got on the show, I was talking about how, you know, a year ago people were sitting around the Christmas table talking about, Oh, I got into crypto this year and I'm up X amount and this is awesome. And now same conversation a year later probably isn't the same. So what do you think are the big lessons that people can take away? 
Yeah, I, I mean, clearly there's been some, yeah, some fraudulent activity and mismanagement, right? And I guess one of the, you know, one of the takeaways is to think, well, there's been some excellent business case studies and investment strategy, how to do it and how not to do it. Um, and then also in terms of, you know, business mismanagement and management, right? you know, how do we learn from that? How do we improve? Um how do we become more stable? How do we deleverage or leverage? You know, those are important questions for exchanges. Just you know, being purely thinking about you know where B true operates. Clearly, transparency is is important, and people always talk about proof of reserves. And I think proof of reserve is an interesting and useful concept, but I think actually proof of leverage is probably more important. Yes. Um, you know, how much leverage have you got? rather than just the reserves that you have. And in the same way that an investment bank have leverage ratios, that would probably be more valuable than just proving the reserves that you have. Um, and also, which, you know, which reserves do you hold? You know, are you in USDT coin? Are you in Bitcoin? You know, which is it? Are you in something that people have not heard that much about? So I think those are some of the lessons learned. Clearly, resiliency, you know, for exchanges, there's that need for resiliency, um, and uh, you know, and being good, you know, being good actors, right? I think you know, you have to be uh, an exchange that people trust and want to deal with, and you know that that frankly comes down to the the people that you have around, how candid you are about where you're at and the things you can improve on, um, and ultimately where you're going, what your you know what your hopes and dreams are are as an exchange or as a coin. Or as another, you know, another element of the digital economy. So I think those are some factors that people, you know, I think below it, everyone has to grow up, everyone has to mature a little bit, um, and be just be better, do more, be better, and then you know, see where this develops and moves. Because at the moment, investors thinking, mm, I want to see how this pans out. So for those that are still invested in it and dealing with it day to day, it's incumbent upon them. To, to drive it forward in a positive way. I think those are really good takeaways. One that I'm just going to reemphasize, um, which I think is a really big takeaway on the year. Uh, like you were saying with the, the importance of proof of leverage, the biggest issue that came out of crypto, crypto itself has not failed. It's unfortunately the businesses and the centralized aspect of people being greedy and over leveraging themselves. In their traditional markets, you have governments that can step in and say, Hey, we'll we'll bail you out. In crypto, you don't have that floor. When things when things hit the, the floor, it's it's going all the way down. You can't, there's nothing to stop it. And where people need to continue to protect themselves in this industry is to figure out how can they deleverage themselves, but also protect themselves in a way that they can be confident in the future of what they have going on, but also know that their assets are safe. But also know when to, if you know, from a trading aspect, when to take profit. Because something like last year, the 2020 to 2021 was a really good run. Hopefully, people took some profit. If they didn't, they're probably hurting and not feeling great right now. But it, it's it's all important lessons on how do you deleverage yourself. So, so a lot of the companies that unfortunately struggled when things were going really great the last two years, what do you do? You try to make more, try to make more, make more. And because they overleveraged themselves. When unfortunately things started to turn south, they went extremely far south very quickly. And it was because they didn't do a good assessment around um, de-riskment and and making sure that they weren't over leveraged. So I think that's a really good point. And the question I kind of want to wrap up with is uh, we're in a crypto winter. 
Uh, it's, it's kind of been long sustained. Um, I think could be here for a while, but I would love to hear your opinion on, you know, is there any chance that this crypto winter will reshape or influence the economic sector? And what is it going to take for us to start to get on the other side of this? Hey, everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join Cryptocurrent Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. That's a really, that's a really good question. I think, you know, at the moment, because of interest rates being high, you know, in the US, in Europe, and the UK, um, because of assets having fallen in value, um, you know, you've got less disposable income around, and then you've got some assets that are viewed as a better inflation hedge, you know, oil, gas, gold, people have gone into that trade. And you've seen that in equity markets too. People have gone for real assets, you know, commodities, um, on some levels, real estate, um, consumer staples, so food, um, things like that. So, you know, you'll, you'll start to see offshoots, I think, you know, just pick on Bitcoin for a moment. you know, it's in the UK, it's around £13,000. And so, but it's been around that for a few weeks. So it feels to me as if that may have, you know, neared its bottom and that's, that's, it's hit its floor. And I think, you know, again, to go back to, you know, the, the flight towards stable coin, stable coins, um, and, uh, and also around, um, around, uh, cold wallet storage you know people are waiting for the timing to come back so you know i think in the next you know three four months of next year you think you'll start to see the emergence of people thinking okay well you know picking on ourselves for a moment be true has been here it's been through the crypto winter we're now in the spring how are things looking how are things developing what should pique my interest because if you can i think in general if people can get over this period of time where trading volumes have decreased then I think fundamentally what you're dealing with is you know, probably a good exchange, right? So I think that those are, those are some things to be mindful of. And I mean, I, could, I mean, I, Richard, I'll happy to come on another time and talk to you about the macro microeconomic. I'm sure we can do a whole show on that. Um, but I think you, you know it's about that balancing the risk and reward and and the time market timing. So I think you know as we as we tentatively enter 2023. You know, people will be looking around, and as long as we don't have another big exchange collapse or, you know, more fraud, then I think fundamentally, you know, you might start to see the offshoots of you know green shoots coming through, and people going, okay, cool, it's now time for me to go back. I, I think that's a really good way to look at it, and I think that 
there's still a lot more um, to come just between the macro that's going on. And like you said, we can definitely unpack a lot just on that subject alone. But what it's going to take for us to continue to move on to the other side of the current market environments is getting people to build the trust back into crypto and to seeing it as a opportunity and one that they can feel safe in entering. Because right now I feel that a lot of people lost the faith in it being as safe. Um, but for the people that are in crypto, like we know what's up. We've been through the bear market before. We know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just surviving this moment. And I think a lot of people and companies right now in Web3 are in survival mode. So hopefully we can get out of survival mode and get back into to thriving. But I always like to wrap up with a couple of fun questions. Um, and sure. one that I always like to bring up is with all the information that you've learned through the years with being in this industry, if you could go impart one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you were just getting started, what would you tell yourself? Well, I think the first thing to say is, you know, crypto is a, is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, you, you've got to look at where you think this is going and why you want to be part of it. And if you really believe in a digital economy that's beyond, you know, I think you know, that's the first thing to say. I mean, let, and let's not forget the internet took 10 years to take off beyond just being information pages. Right, and uh, so it took ten years for people to really understand what the internet could do and what websites could do. So you know, there's a there's a time horizon, there's a learning horizon to to all of these things, to every technology. You know, it takes time to get to to get to know it, to understand it, to make sense of it, and then to really to really see where it can go. And I think you know, the, the second thing I would say, and I'll, I've sort of semi bored this today because I read um, Merrin Somerset Webb's column in, in Bloomberg today. And she said, well, why would you buy a stock? And you know, it, it's sort of rung true with me. And she said, well, you'd only buy a stock for three reasons. And the first reason is if it's capable of producing an income. Like, right? Well, lots of companies that are listed do not in any way generate income. Right? They offer no dividend value at all. It's all future value. So potentially, I mean, Tesla, um, Rivian, I like car companies, as you can tell, Aston Martin, you know, none of them really, they, they, they generate cash, sure, but they don't make any money. There's no profit. So, or the second one is it can be useful, so it has utility value. So you think, okay, well, you know, let's pick on gold. Yes, okay, it has an industrial application, but fundamentally, it doesn't do a lot. It's a really expensive paperweight, right? It's just the least reactive metal we've got going, which makes it it's valuable. Do you think, well, okay, utility value, right? Yes and no. The third, the third one, which she discussed, was significant number of people thinking it has value in some other reason or conspir- a conspiracy value. And I sat back from that and I thought, well, with my economics head on for a moment, well, that third pop, you know, you could say, well, that's how some people view crypto. It's just something that people think will have value at some, for some other reason at some point in the future. I think a lot of stocks are like that. And I thought, well, what about artwork? You know, artwork has no practical utility, right? Or memorabilia, right? But they're, they're seen as value, valuable. We perceive them as rare and as valuable, but they're not income-generating assets. So I'm sorry, I've given you a very long-winded answer, but I think they're useful answers in terms of what I have learned from, from working within and looking at and studying and looking to improve how crypto and crypto exchanges and get better at what they do. And I think that's a 
a good answer. And then to, to reemphasize, it's a, it's not a, uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, think that you can get into crypto and get crypto rich overnight. Whereas if you look at most stocks and people getting into a lot of these, you have a longer term horizon, but for some reason you get into crypto and you think I'm supposed to be a millionaire in two weeks. Um, so having a longer term horizon, having a plan, et cetera, works, but then also looking at what is value. And I think a lot of people also come into crypto, just buying something that they either heard on TV or whatever, without understanding, like, what is it actually trying to accomplish? Most cryptocurrencies are blockchain startups. What do we know about most startups? 90% of them fail. Back when I was looking in 2018 into the space, there was only about 4,000 cryptos. There's over 20,000 now. 20,000 cryptos aren't going to make it. So you have to try to find the projects and the teams that are working on stuff that makes sense. So going back to, and you know, I think that was a really timely quote um, that you shared. So appreciate you sharing that. Um, but I think those are two really good things to, to, to bring home. But to fully bring us home, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners today? Um, yeah, I think a final thought, um, final thought, you've thrown me, sorry. Um, I think just you know, be, be rational, be reasonable. You know, I like looking at the, the macro because it can inform what you're doing and how you're trying to improve. And, you know, 75, 80% of the market cap of crypto is held within 20, 25 coins. So the rest of them are really our bets on the future. And you never know what's going to succeed and what's not going to succeed. So just be careful, be mindful about what you're doing. And you know, don't bet the house on, on this stuff. You know, be careful. You're not going to just, you know, you 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 read of people having experienced a lot of pain, um, financial pain. And that's sad to read, right? And I think people forget that that behind crypto. As an idea, there are people like you, like me, and others who fundamentally want this to succeed. But at the same time, you know, it, that can get lost when you've got journalists saying, oh, you know, SBF is an awful person, you know, and look how fraudulent he's been. And yeah, sure, he needs to answer for all those things, sure. But there are others like yourself, like myself, who were not bad actors, we're good people, right? And, you know, we don't control, we can't control every facet and element of it. So I think the, the takeaway I would try to give to other people is, um, just be mindful of what you're doing. You know, really research what you're interested in and, and how you think this is going to work. Because if you and if you don't understand it, ask others to help you and, and to advise you. Because you know, I people ask me sometimes, Rich. They say, "Well, what coins do you hold, Rob?" And I say, "I never tell anyone what I hold personally because if I do, I'd be influencing you to then go and make decisions that have been influenced. And I don't want to do that. I don't want you to say, "Wow, I made so much money on this, or I made nothing on this at all, and it's your fault." Like. That's why I don't talk about it, right? I don't want people to think, oh, okay, well, Rob's giving me a view. That must be must be a safe bet. You're like, no, I've, I'm like you. I'm like, you know, you and I, I have things that I think will work and I have things that I think, no, maybe not. So I just think, just be be careful. But I think also be positive, be sanguine. Think, well, you know, where we are today and where the global economy is today is not where it will be in two years, six months, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. You know, you, the world is constantly changing, always evolving. And I've given you a very long winded answer and I must stop because your show is going to ramble on and everyone will be like, oh my God, this has gone for too long. So I'll stop there and I'm really pleased and thank you for having me. No, you got it, Robert. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for that, you know, great final thought. Be mindful, be good people, be positive. We're going to get through it. Wag me, we're all going to make it. Uh, there are going to be some people that don't, unfortunately, but 
we have to at least keep finding ways to learn these lessons so that we can thrive into the future. So Robert, for people who want to learn more about Be True and everything that you have going on, what are ways that people can connect with you? Yeah, so there's, uh, go to the website. There's a, a really, you know, go to the website. We've got a really good Twitter following. So go to the official Be True, the Be True official um, Twitter page. It's about 550,000 followers on there. So you'll know you've hit the right one when you get there. Uh, and then there's a really strong Telegram community again, like 60,000 people talking all the time. So just go to the official channels uh, and engage with us there. That's where Be True can be found. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And as always, for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Josh Christ. Whether you're well-established as someone who can translate creative energy into the impact you want to have on the crypto world or just getting started as a catalyst for change within the industry, this is a must-listen for you. Richard does an incredible job leading conversations that cover a huge breadth of topics related to the ins and outs of navigating an ever-changing crypto landscape. The leaders who've actually walked the path. Highly recommend listening and subscribing. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. 